Welcome to The Thing About Austin, a podcast about Jane Austen's world. I'm Zan. And I'm Diane. This week, episode one, Darcy's Portrait. Okay, so why Darcy's Portrait? Why is this something that we felt compelled to talk about for our very first episode? (laughs) Well, first of all, Darcy is kind of a great starting point for like, you, do you need an excuse to start with Darcy? I don't, <laughs> I don't think you do. That is so true. But it's, it's kind of a really crucial plot point in the novel. When Elizabeth goes to Pemberley and she's walking down the portrait gallery and Mrs. Reynolds, the housekeeper, is sitting there walking through like, oh, here's a miniature. Lizzie is looking at him in a completely new light, both liter- literally and figuratively as Mrs. Reynolds is talking and, and she's staring at this portrait. This whole scene is just, as the reader, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, what's happening? <laughs> what's going on? Because, you know, they're looking at the miniatures and Mrs. Reynolds is just going on and on about Darcy and how great he is. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, oh, isn't he handsome? And, you know, Mrs. Gardner's like, oh, it's a handsome face. You know, Lizzie, can you tell us whether it's accurate or not? And Mrs. Reynolds is like, oh, do you know him? Don't you think he's very handsome? <laughs> like, can you imagine what... What more awkward than the housekeeper who is like uh, the man who you just rejected, who clearly has like adored him since he was a boy, being like, don't you think he's handsome? And you're just like, I mean, (laughs) I guess. But also you can't lie either. Like she's like, yep, super handsome. He's super handsome. He's objectively good looking. I won't dispute that point. And I just love, like, even the way that Austin writes the line, like, there's that um, use of italics with Mrs. Reynolds, where she's like, I am sure I know none yes. so handsome. <laughs> but in the gallery upstairs, you will see a finer, larger picture of him than this. She's just like, this is just where we keep the miniatures. Mm-hmm. Like, just wait, because I have got something really great to show you. <laughs> <laughs> and so when they go up to the actual picture gallery, and Elizabeth is kind of like, you know, she's seen some of these other paintings, which I think were meant to believe, because it just says, in the former were many good paintings, so... I think we're meant to read from that, that those are just landscapes. Aesthetic stuff, yeah. Artwork that the family owns because they're very fancy. And then, of course, when she sees some of the actual family portraits, generations of Darcy's I do not care about. And then just like focus in right there. Boom. Mm -hmm. At last it arrested her and she beheld a striking resemblance to Mr. Darcy with such a smile over the face as she remembered to have sometimes seen when he looked at her. My God! (laughs) She's just like... I remembered when he looked at me that way. Okay, 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 calm down, calm down. I might Okay, like I'm reading into this a little bit, but you know what, just bear with me. I think it's I think it's there. When I read this passage, I scream. I'm just like <laughs> it's just all the tension. I, I I can't even like I just physically leave my body, you know? <laughs> she stood several minutes before the picture in earnest contemplation. She's just like, dang, I could stare at that face all, all day long. Day. <laughs> It's just, it's too much. I can't handle it's it. So good. I love I love all of these little details. It's just that that she's just kind of like like hyper focused. Like you said, she's got that laser beam focus, and it's like the contemplation. You know that there's a little bit of like, dang, he is hot, and I kind of forgot that. But it's also kind of like, dang, I turned him down. There's those vibes. Yeah, because she's kind of like, oh, great, some landscape, some other like fancy artwork you guys purchase, and good for you. Oh, <laughs> family portraits, whatever. And then it's just like, you can almost imagine the scene in the adaptation is just like the angel choir singing in the background and then like the spotlight over his portrait. And she's just like, <laughs> I mean, and you have to imagine she's in his huge house. She's just heard his housekeeper go on and on about how he's apparently Loki, the best guy ever. And then 
She walks into this picture gallery, which is like always just such an interesting concept because, you know, this isn't something we are super familiar with, right? Like, I mean, and even back then, this isn't something that every house would have right, had. Yeah, a- Longbourn doesn't have a portrait gallery. Exactly. But, you know, it would have been super common for the galleries to have these portraits of family members. So it was basically a visual family tree that you're walking through. So it's just kind of like, hello, here are all my dead relatives. Like, look how fancy we are. Look at our, you know, our great dynasty <laughs> and lineage. So Elizabeth is like walking through that. And to her credit, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't care. It's, it's true. I mean, like if she's looking at it from a dynasty point, I don't think she's interested. But I think that she is kind of like, you know, not to sound creepy, but you could also be like she's walking through through being like, and what would our kids look like? You know, like yeah, exactly. a little bit of that, like, oh, this is a, this is a pretty good looking family here. So uh, like, let's see how Darcy's going to age. Like, let's take a look at great grandpa. Like, OK, so he, he's going to look pretty good in another 30 <laughs> years. Like, this is a well, pretty, yeah. Yeah. This is like a good investment piece. Like, mm, you know. <laughs> But, like, you can imagine, like, somebody like a Caroline Bingley who's much more concerned with status Mm -hmm. or, like, even a Mrs. Bennett, right, walking through and just being like, oh, and did this person ever have an audience with Queen so-and-so? And And you can definitely imagine other characters in this novel and and other Austen characters who would be much more interested in the lineage and dynasty of the family and I think would say that would say something about what they're focused on, whereas Lizzie's just like, oh, man, look at that guy. (laughs) Well, I think I think that the um, you know the fact that he's a Mister Darcy too, you know the fact that he's he's not titled, he's got this monstrous wealth and influence. But yeah, this portrait gallery is also going to be um, a signal that even though he's just a Mister, you know, just with all his fabulous wealth, that he does have this like this really impressive lineage. Again, for anybody apart from Lizzie, because she doesn't care, it would be a way of saying like it's it's not just a it's not just a Mister you'd be marrying. There is something funny about like thinking about Darcy as this really rich guy who doesn't have a title. I feel like that's a trope sometimes when you're reading books where the hero is like a vampire or something and has lived forever and is super rich. And there will always be some kind of throwaway line where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, Queen Elizabeth really wanted to like give him an earldom, but he had a decline, you know, because oh, he's a vampire. Right. Who really knows what's going on with Darcy? <laughs> so we've got, a, we've got a gothic spinoff opportunity right here based on the portrait <laughs> yeah. gallery. <laughs> Pride and Prejudice where Darcy is fully like a rich vampire. There's no way that hasn't been covered, but yet, right? Somebody's had to have done this. That is for sure on Kindle Unlimited (laughs) right this second. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. (laughs) At the very least, it is definitely on Wattpad, for sure. (laughs) The other thing that's so funny to me is like the only kind of like modern version of this that I could think of. I mean, obviously we basically all now carry around portrait galleries like in our pockets, on our hands all the time. But as far as like the physical version of this, is this kind of like, you know, in high school... (laughs) go over to somebody's house that you have a crush on or whatever and <laughs> like oh look at the baby pictures <laughs> oh look at you i could see your senior portrait look at you when you were in middle school <laughs> this is so cute well and i mean like even in even in this darcy scene um the housekeeper actually tells lizzie that this portrait that she's looking at of darcy was taking during darcy's father's lifetime so this is a this is a younger darcy so she's she's getting to see him again in in a light that she's never seen him this is a darcy with the world at his feet more carefree not having to be in charge of georgiana yeah he hasn't had he hasn't been hounded by Caroline Bingley at this point, right? So so he's a lot less maybe cynical. You know, maybe this is before before George Wickham has had his play. The way that he looks at her, when she's like, Oh, I recognize the way that the look on his face. It's because, Lizzie, you make him happy the way that he used <gasps> to be. Like he used to be. Yep. Uh, you know, it's our interpretation. It's, it's, it's fair game, right? Well, and I think I think it's really interesting too to look at this um, through the lens of like what what kind of portraiture was going on during this time, what kind of physical work was actually being kind of alluded to in Austen's work here. 
So, so portrait galleries are actually a really big thing. They're happening in, a, in the really large manor houses. Like you've already mentioned, you know, this is kind of, you walk down big estates and you're going to see this. But there are some actually big names in portraiture during this time. So for instance, Joshua Reynolds was the principal painter for George III. The king had him on reserve and was like, hey, I need a new portrait. And so Joshua Reynolds would come in. So that's like his big credentials. He's like, I'm on my way and just like running this. Yes, yes. Like he's just on retainer basically to take pictures of George III. Joshua Reynolds is also one of the founders of the Royal Academy. So like big names. And he also painted Sarah Siddons, which is the big actress of the day. So like he, he's a big name. One of his colleagues and and kind of like a competitor is Thomas Gainsborough. He also was one of the founders of the Royal Academy. And then the last kind of major painter I was going to mention was George Romney, who was massively popular in his day. Like he was one that like everybody wanted a a George Romney painting. And so he did a lot of leading lady figures. So he like he did a painting of Lord Nelson's mistress. And Lord Nelson was like big news, obviously. Which I think is really, really fascinating to know that this was this was like if you have an an artist on retainer, obviously you're big news. Not that that's what's happening with Darcy, but the fact that he's got the miniatures and then the big massive portrait, it's, it's saying something about their wealth. So there's actually a really interesting painting called the Rice Portrait of, of Jane Austen. And it's the reason it's so interesting is that there's a big debate over whether this is actually Austen in the portrait or not. And it's been recorded that this is actually a painting by Ozias Humphrey. And it's supposed to be a portrait of Jane Austen at the age of 13. But because there has been some like really bad cleanings and restorations, the only evidence we have for this is based on a couple of facts. So we have some of those like x-ray photos that you get of portraits before they go in to do restorations. So bonkers how they can do that now. I love it. I love it. But that's that's one of the first kind of clues. And then the other clue that we have was that we do know that the Rice portrait was actually owned by the Austin family for several years. So while there's still a huge debate whether this is actually Austin or not. So as the story goes, it was it was potentially commissioned by Jane Austen's great uncle, Francis Austen. And it was during a visit to to the Austens. And so it's very possible that he just did this on a whim. It was kind of it was kind of not really a planned thing. Cassandra, who's Austen's sister, was also kind of sketched out at this time. So there's some people who are like, ooh, is this Cassandra? Is this Austen? Most people think it's Austen, if it's Austen at all. The Austens did own it for a while. And so that's why that's why the provenance is kind of... Right. But unfortunately, like nobody ever put a label on the back that was like, Jane Austen, painted on this right. day. <laughs> right. You just want to go back in time and talk to all these artists and be like, let's talk about provenance right. and documentation, okay? This is important <laughs> stuff, friends. Please do this. Yes. I know it seems like right now you're just doing a portrait of some random teenage girl and it's just for the family <laughs> and like who's ever going to care? It'll probably end up in some dusty old attic someday. But no, no, really, if you could like take some detailed notes and really document your process and everything, that would be great. Just, you know, write some details out on the back of the canvas for us. You know, a whole manifesto would be actually most effective, I think. Where's your artist statement? We really, we need this information. <laughs> Where's your log? I need, I need you to log every painting. Yes. Talking about portraiture of this era... Who is getting their portraits done? I mean, obviously, we know royalty. They have their portrait guy on retainer, right. <laughs> ready to run over at a moment's notice. So who would have been getting their portraits done? There's a lot of different options. It obviously depends on your wealth as the first and foremost consideration, obviously. But a lot of times this is going to be done, obviously, um, for first sons. You know, primogeniture is prioritizing that. But there's also, there is a growing kind of movement for family portraiture. So these are those weird, like awkwardly staged, like 
mom is sitting on a swing in nature and the children are awkwardly opposed around her. That's something that's happening around this era. Young women are getting their portraits done before they get married. It's kind of like a marriage portrait saying like, oh, you've you've reached this pinnacle of womanhood, which is, you know. This is the most attractive you will ever right. be until you descend into haghood. Right. Congratulations. Right. And it's usually, it's usually kind of like all of the stuff that's going on in the background is usually kind of like suggesting like, oh, you're going to be very fertile. You're going to, you know, it's got all these kind of like weird symbols going on. So young women at the point of their marriage or, or newlywed couples or first sons, those are kind of the priorities. Right. Certainly like a gentleman who's just like come into his title, like you'd have your, you'd have your ducal portrait exactly. taken, that sort of thing. Exactly. So, you know, the fact that Darcy was having his portrait painted during his father's lifetime, it's not super surprising because it's probably when Darcy came upon his, his majority as far as like, he's, he's no longer kind of just a pensioned son. He's, he's actually like an adult. So his father's kind of commissioning the portrait because of that. And then, you know, when Darcy gets married, he and Elizabeth will probably pose for one. We'll get a portrait of Darcy now that he's like a grown man, done, you know, commissioned by his father. There'll be a portrait of Elizabeth and Darcy on their wedding day. And then, as you said, as it's come into fashion, we can now imagine Elizabeth is sitting on like a little garden swing. Yes. And then there's Darcy and then their little cherub children. And then <laughs> there has to be like, like a dog, right? Of course. Like, like a wolfhound or, or like, something. Or like, yeah, or, or like a, a, a puppy that's sitting in her lap or something. Yes. Like a little spaniel dog yes. or like a big old wolfhound. Like those are your two options. And I, I would always vote for a wolfhound, you know, if, if they are going to consult <laughs> me on that one. Basically documenting major life events for the people who could afford it, you know. And, and certainly if you were a family that had a portrait gallery, your aim is to fill it yes. up, right? Like you are for sure going to document that. That's just going to be a matter of course. But it, it, you know, wouldn't be entirely uncommon for... Um, other families to have likenesses done. And certainly if you were like wealthy and were like upwardly mobile and kind of aspirational. Exactly, exactly. And that's kind of posing you in your most opulent clothing possible. Yes, to show that you're on the rise. You can also imagine like somebody like Charles Bingley, right? Oh, yeah. Their family's fortune is made in trade, but Bingley is basically the first generation that's going to buy property right. and be part of the landed gentry. Yeah, so he probably would have a portrait commissioned. Notice that we don't have pictures of like Georgiana being spoken about um, specifically. Those would be more of like the miniatures. Again, it's kind of normal for us to kind of just acknowledge that the patriarchy sucks. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's kind of normal for that those portraits not to be happening until they're they're wedded. I think it's also important to note that when Elizabeth walks in there, she notes that, you know, she had turned to look at some drawings of Miss Darcy's. So the quote is, she had willingly turned to look at some drawings of Miss Darcy's in crayons, whose subjects were usually more interesting and also more intelligible, because these are going to be family likenesses. These are probably just like little intimate sketches and drawings that she has done of friends, family, you know, probably of Darcy. I mean, Elizabeth doesn't call it out because, of course, there's a big old oil <laughs> portrait to focus on. The, the fact that she's in the gallery, but not as the one sitting for the portrait, but the one that she's she's doing she's going she's doing the daily life, which is actually um, and it's not surprising that Elizabeth describes it as more interesting and more intelligible because all these other ones are such formal, stiff paintings because that's what you know the oil canvas is apparently reserved for. <laughs> yeah, and and so so the fact that Darcy, that Miss Darcy that Georgiana is present in the gallery, but in this kind of more niche, off to the side kind of way, is very revealing about what the gallery is supposed to be signaling. And I mean, it's possible that there's a, a family portrait of both of them when they were younger or something. But again, you know, we're not getting an actual mention of that. It wouldn't have been entirely uncommon for a family who could afford it to have a likeness taken. It might not just have been this huge oil painting yeah. that takes up half the wall. And also just like we see with Georgiana and, you know, the, the crayons that she has. I feel like anybody who's listening is like, Crayola? <laughs> like, no, like, 
like a pastel. So, but those kind of watercolors done by family and smaller paintings like miniatures, they might have been done more frequently or for more familiar reasons. You probably wouldn't have a giant oil painting done of your sister or, you know, even like a close friend, but you might have a miniature right. of them, you know, and that's also something you could travel around with. But we'll definitely talk about miniatures in a future episode. They're worth their own episode because they are like this very specific niche kind of artistry that's going on. Thinking about that kind of modern comparison, Lizzie is basically doing the equivalent of the Google. She's, you know, kind of like Instagram stalking him. Yeah. Okay, so I and I feel like this has big driver's license um, vibes, <laughs> right? You know, like just driving by your house, checking it out, you know? Except for this time I actually went inside. Exactly. You know, but it's like, I mean, if you take it out of context, I feel like there's definitely some driver's license vibes here and just for checking, sure. just, just checking what's going on driving by your house. And if anybody is listening to this episode 10 years from now, that's a song. Right, right. Just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is definitely like like looking back through someone's Instagram feed and you have to be like really careful so they don't accidentally like something from like three years ago and they're like, oh. But of course she gets busted because Darcy arrives at the house. Not awkward at all. <laughs> it is totally like getting caught in the act because she's basically doing that, just like gazing up and then <laughs> 10 minutes later, oh, there he is. Um, <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> And it's right after she's had this like really contemplative moment in front of the portrait being like, hmm, I might have, I might have made a mistake. I mean, like thinking about, right, the significance of this moment for, for Lizzie and her storyline and just her as a character. So, you know, she's standing in front of this, this physical representation of this man that she just rejected. Like she just broke his heart and she knows that. And she's already had the moment, like from when they first pulled up to Pemberley where she was like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> but it's not like she's just hot for landscape though. Like this is, that's like, she's like, okay, I did turn down a lot of money, but I think it's the portrait where she has the real moment, right? Yeah. There's something about her kind of be like wow the, the way that he looks in this painting is the way he looks at right, me you right. know like she's getting a vibe oh, right it's a real vibe. mood it is a mood and then it's something for her to gaze upon whilst this housekeeper while the great mrs reynolds is going on and on <laughs> just enumerating all of this amazing wonderful qualities and then 10 minutes later it's just like hello okay i'm in your house now goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> so awkward and i just love because then it's like in all the adaptations, she basically sees him and is immediately like, I got to get out right. of here. Whereas in the book, you know, she has to like kind of keep her cool. Yes. And her her aunt and uncle still want to tour the grounds. Yeah. They don't have the history. So they're like, this is fine. It's all good. And you can just imagine her like the whole time they're touring the grounds. Like her heart is just racing because they just had this awkward encounter and he just excused himself. You know, she's just so embarrassed. And then striding out to meet them from like a distance. So he's clearly, he's put in some effort to oh, go definitely. find them. <sighs> I mean... Zan, I could just pass out. It's just too good. It's pretty good. I think it's such an important moment that, like you were saying, in some of these adaptations, even in the 2005 adaptation, even though they don't have a portrait gallery. It's a sculpture gallery. It's a sculpture gallery, but there still has to be this moment, you know, And because adaptations can do whatever the heck they want. They can take out whatever they want. They can put in whatever they want. But they don't just have Elizabeth having the moment where she's outside saying, like, holy crap, this is a beautiful, huge house that I've let turned down. Both of them very specifically put her in front of a likeness of Mr. Darcy. And I think that's because of exactly what you're describing. It's like she's confronting the man again on this new footing and in this new light. And it's a huge moment for her. And I think it makes her recontextualize him. Well, and it's a confrontation that she can have with him, but it's also like private for her. So like the stakes are low, right? She can look at him. She can take it all in without 
feeling like, oh, I need to respond to something that he's saying yeah. or whatever. Unlike when they're dancing at the Netherfield Ball. Right. I love this yes. moment. We are each of an unsocial, taciturn disposition, unwilling to speak unless we expect to say something that will amaze the whole room, you know, <laughs> because this is a moment where he's really trying to flirt right. with her here. Yeah, this, like, is, this is his game is on right now. Oh, yeah. This is the dance where he basically tries to have book club with her and is just like, oh, what should we talk about books? It's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Could you be any hotter in this moment? <laughs> but when he's like, this is no very striking resemblance of your own character, I am sure, said he. How near it may be to mine, I cannot pretend to say. You think it a faithful portrait, undoubtedly. And then she just responds with... But if I do not take your likeness now, I may never have another opportunity. It's like, well, guess what, Lizzie? You're standing in front of it right yes. now. <laughs> yes. And I love, I love that there's that little like tantalizing little preview of, you know, what is a faithful portrait of Darcy? And the fact that he is using portraiture to kind of do his maximum flirt. You know, this is this is what he's capable of. And that she's able to turn around and make it also about portraiture. So there's like, there's, there's portrait flirtation happening here. And it's just like the levels, because, right, they're talking really about personality, the idea that I have of you in my mind of what kind of person you are. And then later on, when she's standing in front of this physical likeness and starting to realize, oh, I think actually the ideas I had of him at that moment were actually inaccurate. And there's something about looking at this physical, you know, perfect likeness of him that's helping her to reevaluate. Maybe that wasn't such a quote unquote faithful portrait after all, you know, my my previous ideas about this guy. Absolutely. And and, and that the, the likeness is, a, you know, that she uses that phrase likeness is also, again, a, a portrait motif, but that she's like, okay, now I have a much better idea of of who you are as a human being. I'm not just trying to be yes. snarky and witty in a ballroom. Right. Um, neither do you have anything to prove anymore because you've said it all at this point. And you can just kind of start at, at base zero, which is why the confrontation, I think, is perhaps so awkward. Not only because she's like, I mean, literally in his house, that is awkward. But it's also she she can't be calm around him anymore because she's not indifferent to him anymore. Austin really does work up to this moment because, you know, we also have that moment with Caroline and Darcy. Again, like we were saying earlier, how she would be the person who'd be more likely to be fixated on the lineage and the yes. dynasty, which is exactly what happens when she's talking to Darcy, Caroline, and yet another A-plus failed flirting attempt. I just, <laughs> I give her like chef's kiss mwah, mwah, for her bad flirting. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> but she's like, oh, do let the portraits of your uncle and Aunt Phillips be placed in the gallery at Pemberley. Put them next to your great uncle, the judge. They are in the same profession, you know, only in different lines. As for your Elizabeth's picture, you must not have it taken. For what painter could do justice to those beautiful eyes? And she's thinking like, slam dunk, look yes. at me. I'm calling out like the inferiority of her connections. It's all about the dynasty, the lineage. You can't put her in the gallery. Oh, the shades of Pemberley, they will be polluted, you know? And then it would not be easy, indeed, to catch their expression, but their color and shape and the eyelashes, so remarkably fine, might be copied. He's like, yeah, you're right. It would be hard to put her portrait in the gallery, but only because she's so beautiful that, like, who could ever imitate? Yeah, I got to go get George's painting painter to come and do Lizzie. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way that we can do these fine eyes any kind of justice. It's the best kind of comeback because he's agreeing with her, but not agreeing oh, yeah. with her. Oh, it's so good. And it's like, okay, Darcy, where where is this game when you're talking to Elizabeth for most of the of the novel, right? Because he's he's so good. That's such a burn in like the best way. All I want is for Caroline Bingley to just find her happily ever after. You know, somebody who just really appreciates her really her really bad flirting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she's she's got all the moves. Any other kind of instances of portrait, portrait gallery, and, and specifically, again, we will talk about miniatures right. in another episode. I mean, one of the ones we definitely want to mention, which we will also be talking about in greater detail in another episode, is Emma doing Harriet's portrait. That's watercolor, a very different type of situation. The domain of the accomplished young woman, as it were. Well, and we do have at least at least one more instance where we do have kind of an, a big oil 
canvas painting going on. And that is in Sense and Sensibility. Um, and this is when Mrs. Palmer um, has started kind of like spying on Willoughby, her neighbor, so that she could tell everybody, you know, not just who, who the coachmaker is, but what painter Mr. Willoughby's portrait was drawn by. So we, we are getting this, this reference to Willoughby and his wealth. Now that he's married a wealthy heiress, he can now have this massive portrait done of himself. Also, again, like to commemorate that yes. significant life event. If you have a favorite portrait mention or portrait gallery mention, either related to Austin or perhaps another author or like maybe a scene where this is used to great effect in a period drama, let us know. We'd love to yeah. hear about it. But I think that's pretty much all we have yeah. to say. <laughs> we could go on and on and on. I mean, so much to say about Darcy and his portrait, right? There's so much to be said. But I think I think we're going to be, you know, stay tuned to our Instagram because we're going to be talking a little bit about the Colin Firth portrait, right? And we're also going to be talking a little bit about the, the bust of, of Darcy that was in the 2005 if you're a 1995 Darcy person, if you're a 2005 Darcy person, we'll have exactly, you covered. Exactly. Either way. And we will definitely try to include some of the portraits that we mentioned, like by some of these famous portrait artists, like up in our stories, you know, that sort of thing. So you can take a look at those. And like Zan said, we'll also be doing some posts, giving you a little bit more background information about how it was used specifically in the film adaptations. You can find us on Instagram at the thing about Austin and on Twitter at Austin underscore things. And if you are enjoying the podcast, we would of course appreciate you subscribing and hitting that five-star button on Apple Podcasts, leaving us a great review. It really, really makes a difference. And we so, so, so appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And stay tuned for next episode when we get to dive into my favorite thing, uh, which is talking about Captain Wentworth's umbrella. So for all you Persuasion fans out there, stay That's tuned. Right. All right. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.